That's three wins in a row for the Pelicans, and Brandon Ingram looks like himself. But there's more to why the Pelicans look back on track, plus more trade rumor updates, and I'll tell you what I'm hearing, and when will we see Zion Williamson again? we got a lot to get to in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Let's go! You are Locked on Pelicans. Your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Wednesday, busy day for the Pelicans getting their third straight win That's, by the way, tied for the second longest winning streak in the NBA currently. They look back on track. And Brandon Ingram is a big part of the reason why I want to break down what we saw from him in this one. But it's more than just B.I. There's other guys that are really stepping up. There's a few things happening on offense that you can see. We'll talk about those in the second segment. Then more trade rumors and Zion talk in the third. And of course, thank you, by the way, for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all completely free. No one else comes to you like this, breaking down the topics that you want to hear, giving you a calm, at times measured perspective on a 10-game losing streak. I told y'all they were going to be okay. As we head in towards the All-Star break, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Tell a friend about the show. This is a fun team. They're going to be in the playoffs this year. Make sure everyone's tuned in to Locked on Pels here. Today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn jobs help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NBA. So let's get into it. The Pelicans beating the Atlanta Hawks 116-107. Basically in control command the entirety of this game didn't close as well as you would have liked but they ended up being fine and at no point did I think the Atlanta Hawks were going to win this game and that was really because Brandon Ingram was feeling it 30 points on the night for the Pelicans leader here uh, on, on a cool just 18 points and he did that without making a three 0-for-1 from deep. He got to the line nine times, made his free throws. This is the type of all-star-esque performance we've kind of come to accept from him and almost take for granted from him. It's very clear he wasn't fully back yet, a little bit rusty, maybe dealing with some soreness in the toe as he came back from that very extended layoff, admittedly. But when he's playing well and at a high level, this dude is an elite scorer. And early on, he was feeling it. 16 points in the first half for B.I., and he took it to the Atlanta Hawks, and they had no answer to him. Having a guy that can just go get his own shot, and I love that oftentimes it's a mid-ranger, right? Beginning of the game, pick and roll, he snake dribbles to the right side, jumps up, rises up, mid-range shot for him, easy money. That's a guy that in the playoffs is going to be able to succeed, did succeed against the Phoenix Suns, because he has the ability to create his own instant offense. No one else on the Pelicans outside of B.I., in you know, or not B.I., outside of Zion, and to a lesser extent, C.J. really has the ability that he does. So he can carry you like that. And when that starts to happen, it just opens things up for teammates more. It makes their life easier. We can look at the 30 points on 18 shots, 11 of 18, 
But more impressively, potentially, is eight assists that he had in this game. He was passing the ball. He was passing up good shots for him for great shots for the rest of his teammates, got those guys into a rhythm, got those guys going. And all of a sudden, the Pelicans' offense is just very much lifted up. He makes things easier for others who don't have the ability to create their own shot. And that, I think, is one of the biggest things. When you're missing your offensive fulcrum, linchpin, whatever word you want to use, Zion's that too, B.I. just makes your life easier. Mid-range, take what the defense gives you, no problem. You even saw him at the end of the first half really kind of turn on the Jets and try and get to the rim and be aggressive in a way that you don't always see from him. You know, he took a lot of flack from from people, fans, I think, you know, during that extended absence. And it was extended. You would have liked to have seen him back sooner. But when he goes out and does this, you're reminded of how special of a player he is. Is He was in full command of the offense in this one, trying hard defensively to grabbing a couple of rebounds when needed, just doing the things that he needed to do. And it makes everyone else better. It makes their job easier. And he's a big part of why, you know, the Pelicans have won three straight games, not the one against the Kings. He didn't play in that, but he was a killer against the Lakers. He was a killer against the Atlanta Hawks in a game where you didn't catch any injury break on the other side either with DeJounte Murray going out and playing. This is a guy who's had two straight, I think, triple doubles against the Pelicans. It's actually three straight if you count the playing tournament game when I think he had one too for the Spurs. So you were going to need every bit of this from B.I., and he delivered. Some of those wide-open shots that Trey Murphy had, who was four of nine from three, those were created because of Brandon Ingram. You know, C.J., having a little bit more room to work, being able to drive down low. He did a lot of kind of scooping and scoring at the rim because of space that B.I. provides because you have to stick a defender or two on him at any given time. And at one point, you saw basically one Atlanta Hawk defender just hugging him on possessions, trying to deny him the ball. Didn't work. Jonas Valanciunas has it a little bit easier down low. 16 points, 14 boards for him because Brandon Ingram is out there. This guy is so important to this team. And he elevates the rest of the players. You've got to love it, right? You know, he makes their life easier. He's the only guy who had more than two turnovers, more than one turnover, I should say, two or more turnovers. That says a lot about how easy the rest of the offense was for these other players that we saw. I do want to look at the turnover battle, too, in the next segment here, because there is more than just Brandon Ingram. I mentioned some of the scoring from some of the other guys here, but you're seeing other things. You know, one in particular involves Herb Jones that I'll talk about in the next segment that I think is a vital important and why he was partially struggling. But B.I., like, that's the segment, right? That's the segment here. Brandon Ingram is awesome. You know, if there's one takeaway, it's just that. You know, this guy is a very special player. Being able to go out and score like that and efficiently without a three-point shot and raises the level of everyone else just makes life easier. Star players matter in this league, and Brandon Ingram really has shown you that over these past three games, two games for him that he's played. 
because they wouldn't be where they are right now off this losing streak, the good vibes back, all of that stuff without his level of play that was really kind of sparked, you know, in that loss to the Dallas Mavericks in that second half when they mounted, you know, a near 30 point comeback to almost ultimately win. So coming up next, let's look at what else is going really well for New Orleans. What are they doing well that makes their life a whole lot easier and why they're scoring more and seem to be looking like the team that was top four in the league for a really long time. Let's look at that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, a small business owner or hiring manager. You know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching opening open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. Having the wrong people or not enough people just puts more stress on your business. You can't deal with that. It's going to drag everything down. Just hire the right person. And LinkedIn Jobs helps you do that with quickly attracting qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. And they go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post, your company, and their 875 million member profiles to put your job post in front of the most qualified candidates. So on LinkedIn Jobs, you can connect with them faster and for free and all in one platform. And it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. We'll get to Zion and the trade talk in the next segment, in the third segment of today's show. I know that's why a lot of y'all are here. It's there at the end. You got to stick with me here as we talk about the big win over the Atlanta Hawks. And that's what it was for the Pelicans. They're on a three-game winning streak right now. And that is, of course, tied for second best in the NBA. That's a very quick turnaround. They look back. They look back. And they're going to add Zion Williamson back. Maybe not before the All-Star break. we got a bit of an update. I'll share that in the next segment. But let's keep talking about the Atlanta Hawks and some other things we've seen during this three-game winning streak. You know, one thing that you really notice when watching this team during this stretch is the ball's popping, right? The ball is moving. They're passing it incredibly well. They're making that kind of 0.5 decision. That's what their offensive identity is. Make a quick decision with the ball. Keep it moving. Keep the defense kind of in in rotations, long rotations ideally, or kind of guessing what you're going to do next. Keep them off balance, off guard. The Pelicans are doing that. They weren't doing that during that 10-game losing streak. It just didn't work without Brandon Ingram there. They became very easy to defend, and it was just all kind of mucky. With Brandon Ingram back, it opens things up more. And one of the guys who's really benefiting from this is Herb Jones. He has been, by the way, tremendous defensively. Tremendous defensively for about the past month or so. He's gotten better offensively where he's been struggling with his three-point shot. That's what it is. And they're finding other ways to use him. And this one's pretty simple, I think. You're seeing him cut off ball more and be the recipient of passes down low where he can just kind of score at the basket very easily. You know, that happens when you don't necessarily have Zion out there. When the team, when the opponent isn't just crowding the paint. You know, with Zion there, he can't do that as much because there's an extra defender in the paint anyway trying to take away Zion's drive. So if Herb Jones cuts, he's just going to run into someone and you can't make a pass to that. 
But with B.I. pulling people out of the paint where you need to defend his mid-range shot, there's a little bit more room baseline for Herb Jones to cut or to cut from the perimeter and receive that pass and go and score at the basket. And as that started to happen, it's very clearly given him a lot of confidence in that sort of style of his play. All right, my three-point shot's not falling. I'm going to drive. I'm going to attack. And that aggression has been really big. You've seen him pull that off. He got to the line five times in this game to shoot free throws. That's second most on the team. Think about that for a second. You know, if you're doing that on Herb Jones, it means you're attacking the basket and they're fouling you and either you're getting an and one or, you know, you're missing the shot and going to the line for two. That's the type of play that you can make an impact offensively without a three-point shot because the spacing's a little bit better with Brandon Ingram out there. It's also aided by... Trey Murphy shooting nine threes in this game. That's the kind of number that they really want to see from him and what we want to see. The Pelicans shot 32 threes in this one, which is more than their season average. They need to be taking more threes because you need to scare the opponent with that and space the court a little bit better. The Pelicans, on average, take about 30. Right now, that's a little bit above that. You heard Willie Green say he'd like it to be more than that, but take 32 here because I do think that's a pretty good number. Pelicans made 12. You had Trey Murphy make four, CJ McCollum make four, Jose Alvarado made two, and Najee Marshall made two. More threes is going to space the court. That gives Herb Jones the ability to cut. Space to cut. Trey Murphy bombing away and being effective like that is pulling guys out of the paint. You saw a couple of times they had someone just stuck on Herb, on Trey Murphy, and it was either, okay, let's put Brandon Ingram next to him on the perimeter, a little bit of space between the two of them. B.I. has the ball in his hands. You double off Trey on the drive to that side, to the right side. With B.I. with the ball in his hands, he's just going to kick it right there to Trey. One point, John Collins dipped in to try and provide a little bit of help defense. B.I. just tossed Trey Murphy the ball. Boom. Made three. You see other times where B.I. has space to drive to the basket and attack because the defender isn't going to help because they know that pass would be coming to Trey Murphy. And when Trey's making those shots, it just opens things up. The threat of the three-point shot from good shooters is going to beat teams. And it's going to open things up more in your scene there. Along with the ball movement, that's key. And when you look at this game, you know, the Atlanta Hawks are very good when it comes to taking care of the basketball. They don't turn it over a lot. And New Orleans, and this goes back to Herb Jones too, forced them into a bunch of turnovers. Not in the first half, but in particular in the second half and in that third quarter when New Orleans really took command of this game, winning that period 29-22. to You know, New Orleans looked like they were going to run away with it for a period of time here. It was almost going to be something like 15 points going into the fourth quarter. That's the style of play they need. That gives you just easy transition buckets. The Pelicans had 17 fast break points compared to just eight for the Atlanta Hawks. That's how Herb Jones can really provide other offensive value. I'm going to do a show on this. I'm still diving into the numbers and some of the film on it, but Herb Jones creates transition opportunities, and those are some of the best type of offense that you can get in the league. That might not be him doing the scoring himself, but it's creating the opportunities overall. He should almost get like an assist for it, in a sense, with the shot blocks that he has, with the steals that he has. You know, if you wonder if there's a place for him offensively, 
I don't think New Orleans would be would be able to get out and run as much as they do, and they don't do it a ton without Herb Jones. So he does still create some easy offense for the Pelicans. He had three steals in this one. It's an excellent number, right? And then you also have Larry Nance Jr. really stepping up. It doesn't show in the box score when it comes to stats. Just 7.6 boards. This dude battled. Was great defensively. Helped the Pelicans close out the game. Going small ball and shutting down some of the big men for the Atlanta Hawks. But you're seeing all of these things kind of come back together. And it does coincide with Brandon Ingram really being out there on the court. Having kind of a focal point of the offense beyond C.J. McCollum, I think really helps things. And it's only going to get better when Zion Williamson comes back. Speaking of that, let's talk about when he's going to come back and talk about trade rumors coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by FanDuel. The only app you need on Super Bowl Sunday is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited to tell you about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. So download the FanDuel app now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. And FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. All the prop bets. You want to get in on what color the Gatorade's going to be in the Super Bowl? Maybe orange seems to be a good sleeper here. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. They also have the same game parlay. I took one in this one. Trey Murphy to make two or more threes. Check. Brandon Ingram, 25 or more points. Check. And CJ McCollum to have four or more assists. Also, check. $5 to win 40 Pretty easy. So f- join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team like no one else is. Completely free Monday through Friday. No weeks between shows or anything like that. We're always here. You know where to find it, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. For your second listen, we got a Saints show, Locked On Saints. Derek Carr, really... I'm not excited about that, but there's ways they can make it work without maybe giving too much up. Maybe that'll be the saving grace. Go check out Locked On Saints for all your black and gold needs. Okay, we got the trade deadline Thursday. Right now when I'm recording this, it's Tuesday night. I'm also keeping an eye on the Laker game, just given the LeBron record and everything right now. Um which means the, the NBA is still kind of figuring a few things out, but we're starting to get to the final 48 hours, 24 hours or so before the trade deadline when things really are going to start to happen. It got kicked off with the Kyrie Irving trade. You saw a couple of smaller moves throughout Tuesday as well. I think this is when you're going to really start to see some dominoes fall. But maybe things are held up by Kevin Durant a little bit. You know, are the Phoenix Suns going to make a move now, knowing that they can go after Kevin Durant again in the offseason? Same for the Toronto Raptors. And the Toronto Raptors, a team the Pelicans have been linked to a lot, and a team that I'm high on trading with because I'm very high on Gary Trent Jr. getting added to the Pelicans, I don't know if that's going to end up happening kind of from what I'm hearing. The 
Raptors are asking for a lot for OG and Anobi, and I'm not too excited about OG and Anobi in the first place, especially when you consider what you would need to give up, at least one young player and one first-round pick, but likely more based on what the Raptors are asking. And I don't think that's a price that the Pelicans want to pay because you're also going to then need to pay OG and Anobi 30 plus million on his next contract. I think they like Herb Jones, you know, almost a fraction of that price. Maybe you get Herb Jones for 30 million total instead of 30 million per season. That seems more appealing to me, especially given that maybe Ananobi isn't the massive upgrade that you need or the, you know, the position that you need the most, the type of player, the type of role. And I think that's something that's going to scare the New Orleans Pelicans off. You also got, you know, a first game, like first look at John Collins in this one, and he didn't really deliver. He had six points, one rebound at halftime. He finished with a better game. Six of nine for 15 points, six boards. He had two pretty solid blocks, too. You know, it works a little bit. I just don't quite know his role on this team, given the money that he's making, given what you may need to give up, which might be a couple of seconds, maybe a first-round pick, plus salary to make it work. He just didn't impress me as a guy that is going to do what for this team to really elevate them. You know, doesn't give you all that rim protection that you need, doesn't rebound particularly well. That's kind of what I'm looking at for another big man. So all of this is to say, you know, unless they really start to get linked with a team like Utah, I'm not sure if the Pelicans are going to end up making a move. I do think that if they feel they are really close to winning a title and could be this year, they'll go after someone. I talked about it in yesterday's show, but after being at the arena on Tuesday night, my feeling is probably not making a move as of now, but I reserve the right to change that. It's tough to read people and what this team is going to do this year. I'll be honest with you. So it wouldn't surprise me either way. I don't think Gary Trent Jr., based on what I'm hearing, is going to get moved from the Toronto Raptors. I think they'd like to move OG Ananobi instead of him. I think they really would like to keep Gary Trent Jr. kind of retool around whatever they get back from Ananobi or flip some of that stuff very quickly and kind of unlock different lineups that maybe work a little bit better for him. So I don't think Gary Trent Jr. is going to happen. That leaves you looking at guys like Boyan Bogdanovich or some of the various parts from the Utah Jazz. And I do think if you could get Vanderbilt and Malik Beasley in a deal, that would be good for New Orleans. That also probably signals what their intention with Jonas Valanciunas is going to be, though worth noting that Valanciunas was very good in this game. 16 boards, 14 rebounds, 8 of 10 shooting, just super efficient, cleaning up a bunch of misses, getting a lot of putbacks and things like that. You know, they are in a good spot if they decide not to do anything because you are going to get Zion Williamson back. You know, I've said it could be sooner rather than later. Willie Green put a little bit of a damper on that, saying it's likely not going to be before the All-Star break, but I want to see if this team goes through a practice or two. And maybe, maybe with a game looming on Friday, there's a chance that Zion could come back. I think that's really what he would be targeting. Um, I certainly... I believe he wants to play in the All-Star game. We'll see. I think that could change too. But based on what Willie Green said, doesn't sound like we'll see him. Right now, Things, a lot of things up in the air for New Orleans. I think they would really like to see what they have in Zion Williamson, what truly that starting lineup is capable of doing beyond just a small limited sample size. But they know they have the picks to move. But trust me, they're very high on Herb Jones. I don't necessarily see him being included in a deal, but things could change. We'll see. 
But I'm starting to think there's going to be no trade at all with the Toronto Raptors at the very least. You know, Detroit doesn't seem overly anxious to move Bogdanovich either. And I don't think you want to overpay for one of those type of guys. I think you still want to do the right thing with asset management, knowing that you can make an even bigger splash in the offseason, particularly if you are moving Jonas Valanciunas. You have a lot more time to kind of put things together around the draft for a trade that really kind of elevates you more. And I think that could be what the Pelicans are thinking right now. But we'll see by Thursday. And you know, if a deal gets done, we're going to be covering it here immediately over at Locked On Pelicans. So be sure to subscribe. We're almost at 7,000 subscribers on YouTube. That's a really, really cool number. Round numbers are always fun. Please subscribe if you're listening to the for the first time. And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow to talk a little bit more about the trade deadline and what the Pelicans could be doing.